Dorothy Thunder Ninitigason. My name is Dorothy Thunder. Hello, I greet all of you. Kakyogiritam Scott Nawao. Minahikusikusinya, Little Pine Uchenya. I am from Little Pine. Caster series of Manuts Gangutamek. Today you are listening to the Wagutun podcast series. Today's episode is. Weent, that's your cousin. A commentary on lateral violence. Hello, my name is Deirdre. My name is Sam. And I'm Paige. This podcast is to understand the relationship between Makoto wind and lateral violence. Makoto wind is a Cree word meaning all my relations. And that means we have a responsibility as people to coexist with one another, with the land, and with all walks of life. So, if this Cree word was established before the term lateral violence, well, where did lateral violence come from? Well, funny you should ask, Sam. If we were to notice when Aboriginal sovereignty was disrupted, we would then notice that the term lateral violence stems from colonization. The effects of colonization have led to the mistreatment of Aboriginal peoples, both past and present since colonization, and its oppression has not ended. These effects of colonization have led to oppressed people bringing down and keeping down other oppressed people, Aboriginal against Aboriginal. Lateral violence can come in many forms, but we often see it through gossiping about each other or creating rumors to get ahead. It is one thing to vent about a situation that maybe frustrates you, but it's completely another thing to say stuff that would deliberately ruin another person's life. We have a lot of misplaced anger, and instead of directing it towards those that treat us badly or keep us oppressed as indigenous people, we're more likely to take it out amongst each other and keep everybody else down so we all so we all maintain a sort of status quo of just feeling sorry for ourselves when really what we should be doing is building each other up so eventually we stand equal with those that hold us down. This is in direct response to why we as indigenous peoples all agree that culture is important but still are plagued with issues of unity and confidence in our communities. We confront this in everyday interactions and have on occasion been guilty of it ourselves. The following are a few examples of lateral violence. Ay hey. Hi, you know it feels so good to be in the circle again. Definitely. So what's new with you since I saw you last? How can you win at last weekend's powwow? Uh, I don't think I get judged fairly at that powwow, but I'm okay. That's good. Too bad you missed out. It was a good interchange. But I have to tell you something. See that jump group over there? They're saying some of these dancers were trying too hard for the judges, and their moves aren't even that deadly. Oh my god. For real! Hey, look, it's probably that one right there. Look at her, just giving her. Wait, that's your cousin. <laughs> but her regalia isn't even wicked. It's like, 
calm down. It's just intertribal. <laughs> I don't was. Oh, look, they're gonna call the next category. Ever shick these girls. By the time I'm done with this one, they're going to know that she's phony and totally think she's too good now that she's moved to the city. Also, here she's talking about me. She better hope I don't post about that time she was all drunk and nasty at my house. So her powwow friends won't see that she's not really sober. Holy shit, for real? Well, I know ever since she moved, she just acts real white. The only time she's in Indian is on Treaty Day and at powwow. <laughs> Jeez. Everyone on Facebook should know her braids are just fake. Why, they're probably clip-ons. <laughs> What's the guts? Clip on braids. <laughs> well, she's just trying to be such a wicked Indian. She's probably got buckskin panties. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're probably beaded too. Real nasty. Well, good. Not everyone knows. Alright, what we're hoping to highlight by the skits you just heard are different instances that you, the listener, can recognize these behaviors in others and ourselves. What we need to realize is that by continuing this kind of behavior, we're allowing everyone around us to talk shit about our communities, our leaders, and our elders. Also, calling out the issues we see in our band offices, it's not irresponsible or counterproductive. We actually need to talk about these issues. But tearing others down does not bring us up. Instead, it keeps us all down as a people. You can find a link on the website with further information about lateral violence. So now we will have a bit of a roundtable discussion on experiences, stories, and advice that we would like to share from how lateral violence affects us as students. So who would like to start? I think that it's just all... All just a sh shitty situation. <laughs> I don't even know where to start off. There's just so much. Well, we want, like, how was it for you when you first left to come to school over here? Mm. Honestly, to be honest, compared to a lot of Indigenous people, it's not that bad for me. Like, I've already, I grew up in Edmonton, and then I moved to East Prairie with my mom due to depression issues. So then just living with her was able to build me up in a way. So when I came back, I actually knew Edmonton, and um, it's just, I think the only thing that bugged me was just figuring out how to take the bus everywhere. But other than that, as an Indigenous person, not a lot of people think I'm Native at first. I get Spanish too much. So like, I think that's the only difference with me and other Indigenous peoples. I just usually get Spanish, and like Native is not the first thing people think for me, so it's not as bad for me as for other people. But the people I've met within the university and even out of the university, like their stories are, are pretty crazy. How about you? For me, um, well, when I was younger, I moved around a lot. So I started off in Musquatchies, then I moved to, we lived in Edmonton for a little bit, but not long enough to make an impact. Then we ended up moving to Mosquito in Saskatchewan. And I lived there for a long time. And it's weird being on a reserve where 
you're not really related to anybody other than like maybe your mom and your siblings but uh, you learn to adapt got into a lot of fights but you know everyone does <laughs> <laughs> then after that what was like really big for me was when we, we moved to Lloydminster and I went to a Catholic school there and like I now have a real mean mugging face <laughs> So a lot of people thought like I was going to like beat them up or something, but really I was just trying to get my work done and try not to get into a fight. But everyone was too scared to take me anyway. Ooh. Mm. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Yeah, and then I moved out of that Catholic high school because I noticed straight up that they were treating me differently. Like, I'm not, like I know I'm not stupid. But a lot, but like teachers kept putting me in the, I guess the special classes, and then later I found out that they did that because you get more, you get more funding for native students when you do that, so they're impacting my education by putting me in these classes and not actually doing anything. Like I'm pretty sure I didn't learn anything other than the TA didn't like me, and then I went to the public high school. And I was like hanging out with the other natives for a bit. They're all from Onion Lake. Still pretty interesting. <laughs> Almost one of the dude who was turned out to be my cousin. So you know, <laughs> gotta be careful. Indian country risks, eh? <laughs> the struggles of having two crew parents. Who should cook them? The regular dating questions. <laughs> Where are you from? Who's your parents? What's your cookum's name? <laughs> I was young. I didn't think. I didn't think to ask. That's when I learned. I was like, "Hey, I always got to ask." Mm-hmm. I thought just because they're from Onion Lake, it's good. No, it's not good. That was her practice round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah>. I failed. <laughs> so I didn't do anything after that. I just after that, I just found it easier to date white guys and. Mm. That's Decolonizing the one white boy at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and like, for that, it's it's almost easier to date people that aren't native because they think you're exotic, mm-hmm. and or else like they just really don't like native people and they think it's a good way to degrade you mm-hmm. because you chose to be in a relationship with them, so they think that you owe like you owe them that, and. Yeah, been single for a while now. <laughs> Last relationship sucked. Though he did give me closure, so I'll give him that. It's when I went back, when we finally moved back to Muskogee's that I got a lot of, why do you talk like that? You sound really white. And so, like, I just learned not to talk again, just because I got tired of those kind of questions from my own family. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how can you cut your hair so short when I go to my dad's house? I'm like, why aren't you growing your hair into a long a long braid and stuff? And I was like, I just like this hairstyle because I was real emo at the time. <laughs> and I colored my hair and I had a piercing and I kind of got in shit. And I was like, I'm sorry. My mom let me have it. I live with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I just, after that, like after hearing that a lot, I just stayed home. Barely went out barely hung out with my relatives other than the younger ones. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much just like, hey, I went to a modern residential school, okay? <laughs> Don't judge me. I went to church and everything. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Sam? 
for me it was different right like uh, I grew up in Winnipeg I'm from a little reserve in Ontario that's like literally you can make a wrong turn drive for two minutes and you'll be <laughs> in the US <laughs> so you know it's weird but I mean I, I grew up in in white schools so why I have a thick accent I have no idea I just pick it up on the way right <laughs> uh, but I mean I, I dealt with this definitely in my family because I mean being part Cree from Sturgeon Lake here in Alberta and then uh, Ojibwe from from my little res- from my tiny little res um, anytime anytime I'd, I'd uh you know, say I had a brain fart or or messed up or something at home in Winnipeg, they'd be like, what? That's just your crease side coming out of you. <laughs> and I'd be like, Ch- so? <laughs> like, what the hell am I going to say? Just talk back to my grandma and get smacked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go it's pick out like a glow <laughs> stick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> She'd make me pick my neepsies. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. She was, it's not like that. I got the bill. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wooden spoon. <laughs> oh, man, the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd like, come here and I'd be like... It's your Ojibwe side coming out of you, and I'd be like, "There's never a way to win." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But now, uh, ever since I got married, and my my grandpa's advice to me before he passed away, what like, cause I don't know, I listened to him a lot. He was like my dad. Uh, he said, "Now that you've married a Cree man." You need to learn how to be Cree. And I was like, Ch- so now you can make fun of me for that? And <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have said it to my face. Just, <laughs> Just behind my back. <laughs> Just behind my back. <laughs> but like I thought that was interesting because I didn't I didn't know a lot of stuff. Eh? Like my my family from up north. I know they were traditional, like my chapan, she has a, she had a smokehouse beside her house, but I never really did anything traditional, so I could tell that a lot of the talk when I'd come over would be like, the urban Indian has arrived on the res. Right. <laughs> and that, that shit ain't cool. <laughs> I just want to learn. <laughs> I can be down, too. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm down. <laughs> Just teach me, please. <laughs> For me, it's different. Like, cause I, my mom and dad broke up a long time ago, and my dad's side's really traditional. My mom's side isn't, even though like we all grew up on the same reserve, and we lived on the same street. So if I wanted to go see my dad, I'd just walk a few houses down. But it was I don't know. Every time I go to his house, it'd be like I. Uh, I couldn't be silly. Like I always had to be a I always had to be a woman. And I had to do women's work all the time. And I'm like, I just wanna go play with my brothers. But you know, I always had to clean up. Can't rough house with your brothers. Gotta wear your hair up. Why aren't you clean? And I'm like, I don't know. It was frustrating. So then I'd go home, yeah. <laughs> then I'd go home and I'd like just go rough house with my cousins and like it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So. I always rough house with my sister, but I think like the only thing like 
Um, well, not only thing. Like, I've experienced quite a bit of lateral violence, especially being Métis and Treaty. You know, it's like double dipper, whatever. It's like, it's not even like that. <laughs> Give me a break. But, like, I was, when I was about probably two, a year, three, four, I don't know, around, around those three ages. But, like, my dad made me Treaty. But I've always been in East Prairie Métis Settlement. So I wanted to become a member there just because, like, that's where I think I like resignate from or like whatever but like I had to be voted in to the Métis settlement because I was already treaty and I'm not even a member of Sawridge First Nations because apparently you know bad politics there it's like if someone in chief and council doesn't like your family and have a good have good luck trying to get into you know um, being be, becoming a member within uh, the First Nations community so it's like both places it's why can't you guys just love me the way I want to love you and things are going to be good but it's not like that and like I worked in East Prairie Métis Settlement for like um like during the summer after my first year of university because like they wanted people who had who are in post-secondary right and there was this one time my auntie I feel like I shouldn't have said her name but you know what if you listen you hurt my feelings but like <laughs> um I was I was hiring people to be part of this um, high school program, so I pretty much was supposed to help uh, settlement kids know how to um, try to get a job and all this stuff and, like, build relationships and, like, provide all these workshops for high school students within the settlement so they could go out into the city and get jobs. So then, like, uh, one thing that really bugged me was was, uh, I was hiring and then hurt her son was trying to um, be part of um, the high school thing. And then um, I was told that I can't hire um, high school students outside of East Prairie Métis Settlement. Like for the youth who are from East Prairie Métis Settlement but don't live on the settlement, they have a lot of opportunities in towns or cities that you know people who are still on settlement don't have a lot of transportation or whatever, so they need this job. Anyway, so I didn't hire her son, my cousin, and it got to a point where she went to go talk to um, another person, uh, another person in um, um, a part of um, the job I was doing. Anyway, got to a point where she's complaining about my work. And I was trying to be in there. Since you guys are talking about me and my position, I'm going to try and walk in there. And my auntie looks at me. She's like, the big girls are talking now. I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a big girl. <laughs> you know, like I was just real hurt. But I know she loves me, but I know she just, I don't know. I, yeah, lateral violence is just, it's around, man. Hurts my feelings. Freaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like to tease, to laugh, but Staga, quit taking it too far. We need to set an example for the next generations. Recognizing the boundary of funny and hurtful is something we all can work on. If you would like further information, we access Bear Paw Legal's lateral violence videos. You can find them on the Native Counseling Services of Alberta website and Denise Finlay's videos on YouTube. She also does workshops on lateral violence and how you can prevent it or work on it. So even though we're all talking about Wakutuin, we need to work on building each other up instead of breaking each other down. And I'd also like to mention that for those of you who don't know what Wakutuin is, it means all my relations. Yep. Alright, so it's Mandirdra, Sam, and Paige. Now let's get Wakuta winning! Woo woo! Wakuta winning! Got my head spinning. Make a strand.
<laughs> it means all my relations. No hesitations. Peace. I'm just kidding. <laughs> This episode would like to acknowledge the following people. Introduction, Dorothy Thunder. Background music, Crowhop by Black Lodge Singers. Bear Street, Daniel Rowan. Bear Paul Legal, and Denise Finley. The episode creators are Paige LaRondelle, Samantha Rowan, and Deidre Cutarm with theme song by Big Bear Drum Group, mixed by Louis Boucher. Please join us for our next episode called Promoting Wakotoan, Indigenous Women and Drum. Thank you for listening to the Wakotoan Podcast.